Hey guys, welcome to the Drone Horizon podcast. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by Annabelle Owen. Annabelle, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, so my name is Annabelle um, and I go by the name Annabelle Claire on my, um, on my Instagram. Um, I have been doing drone photography for about uh, four years-ish, but on and off, like it wasn't, you know, something I jumped into. Um, and I also do um, handheld photography as well, which is probably where I more started my photography. Um, and yeah, sort of learning more and more every day. I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a professional. I'd say I'm a little bit more of an amateur photographer and um, amateur drone flyer at this point. But yeah, really hoping to um, to progress more in um, in this creative space. Cool. Well, thank you for taking time out of your evening to chat with us today. Um, as obviously, as always, we've asked you to send over sort of three pictures that you know are your favourites or you know you you've got they've got a special meaning behind them. So we'll start off with the waterfall shot. Now I know this sort of links into your Instagram sort of chasing waterfalls kind of uh, brand. So do you want to talk us through why you've chosen this one? Yeah, sure. That first image is, um, it's funny because it's actually not a waterfall, even though it looks like one. Um, but chasing waterfalls was kind of my thing. It's my favourite uh, pastime, which is a bit of a strange one, but I love hiking and getting out and finding a waterfall at the end of a hike I find really rewarding because it makes the hike worth it. Um, so yeah, that photo though is actually the ocean. Um, it's this really special spot. Um, it's down south um, of WA. Um, so it's this little place um, in Yellinger. And um, it's somewhere that I've visited ever since I was young. I'd always go down south on family holidays. Um, and then I finally discovered this little spot, which is basically like it's, it's a coastal area where the rocks kind of protect the ocean, you know, from this little rock pool. So the wild ocean is right on the other side and the water comes crashing over the top and then it sort of filters down the rocks and fizzes up and it looks like a waterfall, but it's actually seawater, which is really, really cool. So uh, it was, it's a very um, popular spot now, lots of people know about it and very popular with photographers. And then uh, when I bought my first drone, uh, which is actually a Mavic Spark. I don't know if um, you know of the Mavic Spark, but it is. Uh, it was a very entry-level drone and um, not a very uh, durable, very small, very light, um, not that high res. Uh, and anyway, I, I took it there on a perfect condition day and was like, all right, I'll get my drone up. Hadn't had much experience flying at all, so it was pretty stressful near the ocean. Uh, and um, yeah, got that shot. And it's one of my favorite shots to this day, um, even though it wasn't, you know, on a good quality drone. And I've managed to actually blow that image up. It was one of the first prints I did. Um, and I've blown it up to about one meter, almost by one meter. Um, and it's now hanging over my parents' bedroom in uh, over their bed in their bedroom. So yeah, it's a really, really special shot for me. And um, kind of just highlights how you don't need to have an amazing you know like level you know most expensive gear on um on the market in order to take a really good shot yeah definitely and i think obviously you mentioned about the the spark i think the spark is a great drone but it's very reliant on having those right weather conditions um i mean i've shot with my i had a spark previously and i've shot with it and if the conditions are perfect then you know you can capture a really really good quality shot um, and i mean this one is it's a fantastic shot and it really 
obviously now that you mentioned about the the sort of waves coming in from the sort of background and then coming through the rock into the foreground it did confuse me to start with and obviously now that you sort of explain it and you say that the the water sort of pulling through it you can sort of see that now yeah yeah exactly um it's just really special and unique so that's yeah that's what makes it such a um special special spot for me cool um so moving on to your second shot then so sort of a reoccurring theme in all of these seems to be water so do you want to talk us through why you've chosen this shot yeah, sure. This shot um, obviously is a little bit more creative and a little bit more staged than the other one. Um, I I don't know why I have this affinity with water, but I just do. And I really enjoy, you know, even if it's a waterfall or if it's the ocean. Um, ever since I was a little kid, I, I reckon I was a mermaid in another life. Like, honestly, I would swim in the swimming pool as if I was like a mermaid with my, you know, legs together trying to, <laughs> trying to pretend and imagine that I was actually a mermaid. So um, that's just something that's always been in me. Um, and I've really, yeah, you know, got this connection with, with water for some reason. Um, and then when I was uh, just fresh out of high school, I found this company that um, actually sold like swimmable mermaid tails. And I was like, I am so deprived. I was so deprived as a child. I didn't have this, like I need to order one, which was kind of a bit ridiculous as a teenager, but I did it. And um, it's, it's been actually really great because for drone photography, it's, it's been amazing. So um, that shot is taken at another little secret rock pool in the Southwest um, of WA. Um, so Western Australia is my home state and um, I've yeah just got a really special connection with the down south. Um, I actually live and work in the southwest now. Um, so a friend and I went down to that little spot um, again sort of near yelling up and um, I was like you have to put the mermaid tail on and and pretend you know like it's like one of those rock pools where there's literally like coral and fish so you can just put your snorkel on and actually see all this in this crystal crystal clear water which is really really cool and um, yeah it's just so pristine and I was like I really want this shot you know I just want to kind of capture the magic of this place and sort of show that like this is where you feel like you know anything is possible and mermaids could be real and and all that kind of thing. So yeah, that's kind of that shot. And then we just had some fun, you know, swimming in the mermaid tail. So every time I look at that photo, I feel really, you know, it takes me back to that day, um, which was so fun. And it was overcast and nobody else was there. So we had it all to ourselves, which is always nice. Um, so yeah, so that was really, really cool um, to capture that shot. I mean, just by looking at the shot, you, you wouldn't have guessed that it was sort of overcast conditions. I mean, you've got sort of a really nice colour in both the water and on the rocks, which sort of overall contributes to, I suppose, the what, what you were going for. I mean, obviously, you said that this shot in particular um, has sort of good memories behind it. And I think that's what pictures are best for. I mean, if, if you're not taking pictures to sort of sell as prints, then pictures are there to remind you of sort of a, a good time. And that's what I like asking people to sort of choose the pictures and you know because you get to hear the stories behind shots you know if you'd have posted that shot on Instagram everyone would go oh, you know it's a really creative shot and obviously by having the mermaid tail in there it sort of it makes you sort of double take because it's not you know you'd expect to just see a normal person in there and I did wonder at first whether it was photoshopped in but obviously you you managed to hire a hire a little sort of a mermaid tail but I think having those memories associated with a picture like that and obviously being able to then relive that every time that you look at it, you know, that's what photography is about. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, being able to capture a memory and a moment is kind of the whole reason I got into photography in the first place. Um, and so, yeah, that's, 
I totally agree. And um, yeah, it's so funny because that photo means a lot more to me than it does to anyone just seeing it. <laughs> so, but hopefully that's conveyed somehow. They they feel some of the magic. Yeah, and I think even if you'd have sort of not had the subject in that shot and it would have just been sort of the rocks, the water, and then obviously the rocks up the top again, I think it would... I think it still would have been a great picture, but having that sort of subject in there helps to give the scale, but also shows your creativity because it's not just a person and it's not just sort of someone swimming. Like obviously they're staged in that picture and, and where they are is it's, it's what you wanted to capture from it. And obviously that then contributes to the memory behind it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, um, you know, it's fun to be creative and, and do something a little bit different because you often see the same shots kind of of a place, um, particularly a popular place over and over again. So, um, yeah, I wanted to put my little spin on it and, and sort of make it mine. So, yeah. Have you used this sort of mermaid tale subject in any of your other shots or is this just sort of was it specifically for this time? No, I, I have used it in other shots. Um, I, I have used it in um, when I had my old drone. So that this shot uh, that, you, that you see is, is taken on my, um, my Mavic 2 Pro. Um, but previously when I had the Spark, I did um, play around with a few other um, spots, but I just, um, I don't know, I guess um, the first shot that we discussed had the really perfect light levels and other shot, other places that, um, at the time that I shot didn't. So um, they didn't come out as well on that little drone. Um, so I haven't really shared them as as much as, um, as now. So that's probably the only time I've shot on the Mavic 2 Pro with the Mermaid Tail. So I'm really excited to uh, take it with me to some more places that I've visited in the past and some places that I haven't visited that have been on my list for a really long time. So um, stay tuned for that, I guess. <laughs> I'm intrigued to know, do you put the, the tail on once you're in the water or is it a case if you put it on on the beach and then everybody looks at you whilst you sort of waddle into the water? <laughs> um, kind of depends on on the location, but it's actually, so it's like a two-piece set. So you've got the the flipper, which is a um, like a double foot flipper um, and then you've got the um, sort of stretchy like bather material um, tail bit so you kind of have to sit down and um, and put the tail bit on first so if you can do that in the water then yeah great but most of the time you need to be like out of the water to do that and um, and then you put the put the flipper on and then pull the tail um, the bather material over the top of the tail so it's a bit of a process and um, yeah I've got some weird looks um, I actually put the tail on myself uh, recently as um, on a a drone photography workshop um, that maybe we can talk about in a little bit. Um, and I put it on and let them take, let the drone um, workshop people take some photos and videos of me. And um, yeah, I got a few funny looks from people while I was putting it on, but um, I think they were just jealous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, as I say, sort of being able to relive that, that want as a kid to, to, you said obviously that you felt like you were a mermaid in a previous life. So being able to sort of reenact that now and be able to capture it in sort of perfect conditions as you've got over in Australia, like it's sort of, it makes it all worthwhile. It definitely does. I, I find, you know, it's so nice to, um, you know, adult, adult, adulting is so hard, you know, it's nice to just be carefree for a bit and pretend that you're a kid and have a bit of fun. Um, that's, that's half, that's half the reason it, you know, you get out there in the first place. And so, yeah, I find that, um, <laughs> pretty good. Cool. Um, so sort of moving on to your third shot then, which is the beach shot. So do you want to talk us through why you've chosen this one? Yeah. So this shot is probably the, um, 
what I'm the shot I'm most proud of that I've taken on a drone. Um, so I um, have my Mavic 2 Pro. I hadn't flown it um, very much. I've had it since September and um, I, I just wasn't confident. You know, I, I didn't really I'm not confident flying. I'm not really you know, with the remote and stuff. And, I, and I'm usually like in a bit of a rush because, um, you know, you feel like, oh, quick, quick, you know, take the photo. Um, so I went on this drone photography workshop and um, I learned so much about drone photography. It's not even funny. And I learned how to do the, um, the vertical panorama um, and the stitching. So I, it just blew my mind because I have been to so many places where I was like, how have they got the entire beach? like in this photo because I can't get the drone, like the drone has to be so far away to achieve this, um, which is actually a bit embarrassing in hindsight that I didn't even think or know that this stitching was a thing. So um, I, yeah, I was taught how to do it and um, also doing the um, uh, exposure bracketing. So getting a shot, you know, one above the um, ideal exposure and one below, and then merging it all together in post-processing um, to get a perfect image. So. I, um, this was the first shot that I tried that with. And um, I took, uh, it's of um, a beach called Meelup Beach in Dunsborough, which is probably one of the most beautiful stretches of coastline that we have here. Um, it's just, in, it, the, the, the sand is white, like the water is so blue, um, it's just stunning. And um, it's, yeah, somewhere I've always wanted to capture. And, um, yeah, having been on this workshop and done the stitch, I was just so happy that I had got a shot that remotely resembled, you know, the stuff that I see from some of my favourite, um, you know, photographers and Instagrammers and stuff. So, yeah, and um, and I'm really excited about it. And it kind of gives me, it gave me a fresh, um, you know, sort of uh, spark of motivation, if you like, um, to continue with drone photography and really, um, really get into it more than I had been in the past. So, yeah. I think when you first pick up a drone as well, it can be quite daunting, especially so when I first picked up my drone, I didn't necessarily come from a photography background. I like taking pictures on my phone and, you know, with a, a digital camera, but in sort of automatic mode, I didn't really know too much about sort of shutter speed and, and ISO and that kind of thing. So, sort of when you pick up a drone for the first time and you're learning how to fly the drone, getting used to the controls, and trying to get your composition right and learning all the camera settings, it definitely can be quite daunting. Um, I mean, for myself, I've just sort of figured it out by watching sort of YouTube videos and that kind of thing. But obviously by going to sort of that workshop, I mean, there's no shame in it at all. Workshops I think are fantastic. And if you can come away having learned something, you know, that's great. And obviously you've got an, a fantastic shot here to show from it. So, you know, and being able to capture that coastline and being sort of proud of a shot, I think I think it's a fantastic shot. Yeah, I, I think thank you. I, I think that's a win, you know. Um, and you're right. There's nothing. Even I've even people went on this workshop who who did know what they're they're doing. And um, even if you you know you, you walk away learning one one you know new thing or one tip that you didn't know before, then it's worthwhile. And um, and then of course you meet other people. You know, that's one of the best things is um, going along and having like-minded people who are all trying to you know learn their drone photography and fly together and having that sort of support and having someone with you. I think um, I, you know, usually when I go out to fly the drone, I'm sort of, I'm either on my own or I'm with friends who know nothing about photography or drone photography. So um, it's not quite the same, you know, this vibe of, 
everyone, you know, building each other up and sort of having having a go and giving each other tips was um was really positive and and I got a great shot out of it. So yeah, I I think that was just I would recommend it to anyone, basically. A lot of the people that I've had on the podcast as well, um, they sort of do photography meetups where you know they'll go with a, a group of friends to go and shoot a sunset or something, and and they'll sort of bounce off of each other for the creativity. And I think that's a great way of doing it. And obviously, it's sort of similar to probably what you had on the workshop, where everybody's sort of trying to better everybody and make suggestions, and everybody ends up benefiting from it. So you know, even if you can't go to a workshop or something, obviously. COVID allowing, you know, you can meet up with friends and, and go and shoot wherever you want and sort of bounce off each other for that creativity. Yeah, totally. I think, um, you know, I've made so many friends through Instagram as well, who, you know, people I'd never met before. And then, you know, we just said, oh, let's meet up and go for a shoot. And I, and I love that about photography. It just brings people together. So I think that is such a great side benefit of, you know, being creative and having a passion like photography. So I've, yeah, so many people that I've met and I'm just so, so blessed that that's, that that's happened. So. And I think when, when I've sort of shot with, with other people and, and you're shooting the same scene as somebody else, you know, obviously with a drone, you're able to move your drone anywhere within the air to get that perspective that you want. Um, and I think when, where people come from sort of different levels of experience, some people will look at a scene and think that's exactly the composition that I want. And being able to sort of, as I say, bounce off each other for those ideas and sort of see someone else's composition and think, oh, actually, I really like that bit, but maybe I would move it here and, you know, getting those ideas off of someone. Because I think sometimes when you shoot on your own, it can be quite difficult to sort of find that creativity because, you know, you go somewhere, you shoot, if the conditions aren't exactly perfect, you sort of think, right, well, I'm sort of searching for a shot now rather than wanting to capture a shot so I think that can be quite difficult when you go shooting on your own so I would definitely recommend sort of anybody go and shoot with people because I think even if you do it once or twice you sort of you'll notice that your shots will sort of come out and you and you'll have sort of better memories attached to them which is obviously as I say what it's all about yeah exactly that's that's absolutely right um I you know I think something I'm going to try and do more often now is go and go and shoot with people rather than shoot on my own which is what I'm used to doing so we've sort of briefly talked about the drones that you have and obviously you said you would now sort of upgraded to the Mavic 2 Pro recently. Do you want to run us through what you normally take in your backpack as well? Um, sort of any sort of DSLR stuff and do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, sure, I will take you through it. I've got it right here. I, I just first wanted to show you the Spark because I actually still have it. <laughs> um, it is tiny. <laughs> like now that I've had the Mavic 2 Pro holding this thing feels like literally it's just crazy it's so so small um and look it was a great starter drone um it was it was great if you were not sure because it's it was relatively i mean it's discontinued now so they don't make the spark anymore but um you know i'm sure people are selling them secondhand um and it was just really affordable to if you weren't sure if you wanted to double um i know now you know like the mavic is amazing and and takes really great quality stuff if you want um you know to to start with something a little bit you know it's kind of the replacement drone for this one 
Um, and this only had a flight time as well of 16 minutes. So it was very, you know, you didn't have a lot of time in the air. You had to, um, you know, really rush around. And, um, but it did kind of get me used to the controls and sort of, you know, all of that sort of thing, you know, learning all the just drone regulations and all that sort of stuff. So it was a really good way to sort of dip my toe in the water, um, which was really good. And then, um, you know, drone photography or drones technology, sorry, has advanced so, so quickly um, that, you know, I sort of started to get frustrated with the spark from, you know, it couldn't handle in any sort of wind or any, you know, bad conditions. Um, it doesn't shoot in 4K or anything super high res. And obviously being someone who I do a lot of, um, you know, DSLR photography that is very good quality, it was kind of um, starting to irk me a bit. And I thought, oh, you know, I probably want to upgrade. So I was looking at upgrading and I sort of thought, what's, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to get something again that's sort of, you know, the middle of the market or mediocre and then later on want to upgrade again? Or do I just bite the bullet and get the top of the range um, drone? So I did that because um, I just was convinced after learning all about Mavic 2 Pro, which is just a an absolute beast. Like it can handle any conditions. Um, and I love how it can, you know, like compact up like that because I carry a backpack with me that has my um, my camera in it and um, and all my other things. So um, yeah, basically um, I, I travel with my drone um, with three spare batteries. Um, also look at the battery size difference between the, um, the Mavic 2 Pro and the Spark hilarious um so yeah so i also travel with my um nikon d750 which is um probably the heaviest thing ever um <laughs> it's actually not the camera that's um that's heavy it's the lens so i shoot with a 24 to 70 millimeter um lens which pretty much never i never take this off pretty much it's such an awesome um lens and i use a um a cpl um nissi nissi filters on that as well i've just ordered some drone filters because again on the drone workshop i learned that um filters are a thing on drones which of course i didn't even think of that so there's another thing i learned um and i've got um some polarizer a polarizer and some um, nd polarizers um on the way at the moment which is exciting um and then i also have a nissi filter kit for my camera um, because I do a lot of long exposure stuff. So I like to shoot waterfalls um, as, as we talked about. And um, yeah, so I need some filters and a tripod obviously um, for that. And yeah, that's pretty much everything that I, I travel with in one, in one little backpack. Um, it's just a backpack I got off eBay like years ago and it's still doing me good. So um, yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned about sort of picking up the spark for, you know, sort of, dipping your toe in the water and, and seeing if it's something that you think you'll enjoy because I did exactly the same thing I wasn't sure whether sort of droning would be for me so I thought oh, I'll give the spark a try because it was the cheapest one at the time and I thought I'll, I'll give it a try and see how I get on with it and it sort of just it went from there and and now I'm sort of two drones in and I'm now I'm not the only one <laughs> I think for the price as well the the spark was a fantastic bit of kit and obviously it I think it it's it's right for the right bracket of people I mean, if you're out shooting sort of professionally and, and using your drone to make you, you money, I don't think the Spark is for you. But if you're sort of trying it out and want to see if, if droning is for you and see if you want to enjoy it and that kind of thing, then the Spark's fantastic for that. And obviously now you've got the, the Mavic Mini and the Mini 2. So, you know, those sort of 
bottom level, not bottom level, but sort of entry level drones are are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I don't regret that decision at all. I think it was, um, I think it was the right move for me being really unsure. Um, so anyone who's feeling that same way, um, then absolutely like starting with an entry level drone is, um, is completely um, a good, a good choice. And, you know, you can always sell it afterwards if, if you um, decide you do want to upgrade. Um, but yeah, no regrets getting the Mavic 2 Pro um, because it can just, it can handle a lot of wind um, and it's got great, you know, the quality on on the camera um the gimbal sorry is yeah it's just amazing so i i definitely don't regret spending that money either so um yeah i've come a long way in um in drone in drone world but it's it's been good so with your spark is it something that you still take with you now obviously i'd so i sold my spark to then fund obviously my new one so is do you still use your spark at all or is it just there as a reminder of no, I don't use the Spark. I, I, I've kept it because I want it as a backup. If, you know, heaven forbid something did happen to um, to my other drone, I'd like to still have a drone in case. But I, I pretty much leave that at home, um, mainly because I don't have room for it in my in my gear. Um, if I'm going somewhere where I'm driving on a road trip or something, I'll, I'll bring it along um, just in case, but generally not when I'm hiking. And it's just... Um, I, I wouldn't use it. It would just take up space. I think um, the quality of it's just not um, where I've gotten to now. So I've started to do a little bit of um, prints and dabbling in that kind of thing. So I think even though I did blow up a, an image from the spark, I think that was a um, a lucky shot. <laughs> Obviously, we, we've talked about the, the drones that you have and, and that kind of thing. Um, do you want to talk us through how you sort of first got into photography and how that sort of led into drone photography? Yeah, sure. I... Um... I actually did photography in high school. Um, I went to a private school here in um, in Western Australia, and we had photography as a subject. Um, uh, and we we actually did darkroom photography, which was awesome because it was cool to see, you know, what that was like and get that really, you know, intro to photography rather than just leaping straight into into digital. So. I did that for um, the last three years of high school and in the last year we sort of moved into the um, the digital stuff. So I guess that's kind of where I first had my, um, you know, experience with photography and really enjoyed learning about the, um, you know, all the different ways you can be creative with it. Um, I think that was uh, what sparked. I've always been quite a creative person. I've been into creative writing um, and always wanted to write a novel, which I still haven't done. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, so I found photography another creative outlet. Um, and then I kind of lost it for a few years there. I did my, um, I studied writing and publishing um, and sort of was just uh, starting in the workforce and stuff like that. And photography kind of just took a back burner. And then I think one of my birthdays, I was given my first um, DSLR. It was a um, Nikon, oh, I can't remember what it was, D, uh, it was 2500 or something it was a really old um secondhand camera and i just thought oh, okay and so i started slowly to dabble back into it again and then um i used photography as a way to get me outside and and hiking and doing uh stuff like that so i started to get really into adventuring and that kind of thing and so i guess my landscape photography kind of just um sort of spiraled from there and I um I went to live in Melbourne for two years 
And during that time, I did a lot of exploring on Great Ocean Road and places like that because there are so many waterfalls in Victoria. It's not even funny. And that's where my photography really began to sort of take off. And I was um, teaching myself a more self-taught with the long exposure stuff. Um, Google and YouTube is my best friend. <laughs> and I, yeah, just started to give everything a go and um, sort of uh, hone my skills and get get a bit better. I started to started my Instagram, started to build a bit of a um, community of people who were the same as me and um, and learning from each other, met a few photographers. And um, yeah, I guess like anything, once you're in it, you're in it. And um, and then photography was sort of moving into the drone space. And it was almost like if you didn't get on board with the drone thing, were you even, you know, really still in the game? Um, so, uh, but also it was exciting. You know, it's another medium. You kind of get, we, I think as creatives, we get so, you know, excited to keep creating and create something new and try new things that that's kind of what ignited me to go, all right, I'll give drone photography a go. Um, and also because obviously going to waterfalls, they're quite um, sometimes inaccessible or hard to shoot, um, especially when, you know, like the tracks or something, you can't actually like get to the waterfall or get the angles that you want. Um, so a drone was kind of the logical um, solution to that and being able to get um, good shots of the waterfalls that I, um, that I couldn't necessarily access on foot. Um, which I have taken a few shots, but again, they were on the old drone. So I'm still yet to get the, um, to get the new one out there and, and try some stuff with the filters and see if I can get, um, something remotely uh, similar to the, to the handheld, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of been my progression. And then, um, now I'm just really excited to get out and, and use it a bit more and see what I can do with, uh, the skills that I've learned recently. So, I mean, obviously with COVID, it's obviously made it more difficult to be able to go out and explore. But on the sort of positive side of that, sort of through the course of the podcast, a lot of people have said that COVID has almost forced them to go out and explore their back garden a lot more. Uh, back garden, I mean, obviously local area rather than sort of traveling abroad. You know, <clears throat> for me this year, I'd booked to, to go to sort of the Lake District. Um, I'd booked to go to Italy and, and those kind of things. And instead of that, I've sort of, I've been forced to explore more around me and you know you can still capture some amazing shots and just by I think sometimes we rely too much on travel when obviously what's around you is is so great and obviously for yourself Australia is so big that you can sort of you can you can explore it and obviously you've got quite a wide variety of sort of landscapes and and shooting spots to to capture so you know what's next for you are you planning to sort of explore Australia a little bit more or are you planning to sort of travel with your drone? I, I totally um, agree with you there. It's been fantastic for people. Um, you know, obviously COVID as bad as it is and as bad as all the other things have related to it have been, you know, there's always a positive. And I think that 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 people exploring their homes and, you know, their backyards um, has been such a um, amazing side effect, if you like. Um, I, I actually work in tourism, um, so for the Southwest, um, so marketing um, for people to visit here. And um, we've seen so many people who've never been before visiting, you know, their backyards because they, they're usually going overseas, right? So um, I've always been a big advocate of exploring your own backyard um, everywhere that I've lived, which, um, well, look, it's only Western Australia and Victoria, um, but I always um, get out and explore my backyard. And so it's really amazing to see other people doing the same. Um, 
and I've always I've loved I love Australia you're right we have so many different landscapes even in just WA like our state is humongous I don't think many people realize quite how huge it is and how vast it is you know like the top of the state is like you know the desert and then the bottom is like forest and beach and the whole coast all the way up it's pretty phenomenal so um yeah I, I just I've always been a fan of traveling um within my country um I have been overseas a little bit I've been to Iceland um amazing so was a bucket list for me absolutely incredible need to go back um but at the same time I'm quite as happy quite happy exploring Australia um I uh next on next for me is actually up north of WA so I've never done up north so again exploring somewhere that um I've never been because I can't really go anywhere else um, and so up north um, there's really beautiful beaches um, and up to Exmouth and Coral Bay um, it's where the whale sharks are you can swim with the whale sharks up there so I'm doing that um, this April so I'm really excited because I'll get the drone out um, while I'm on that trip and then I'm heading across to Karajini National Park which is a bit more inland um, so the first part of my trip follows the coast um, and then the second part is basically it's like these amazing, you know, ancient gorges with waterfalls and um, all these, you know, like it's going to be abseiling and stuff um, down into these gorges of waterfalls. Um, and I'm doing a photography tour there, actually, a, a handheld one, but um, uh, in the Karajini National Park for a week. So I'm really looking forward to that. And um, hopefully there'll be some opportunity to, to chuck the drone up there too. But I've heard that it can be a bit risky with the gorges and the things being a bit tight and um, not much um, signal and stuff out there either but um yeah i'm really looking forward to that's definitely another bucket list thing to tick off for me definitely i mean something i'd just like to touch on is um you sort of briefly mentioned it a little bit earlier how um sort of what kind of regulations do you guys have for for droning out in australia um because we've just had sort of new measures implemented that make it a little bit more strict as to where you can and can't uh where you can and can't sort of fly so what's that like flying in australia for you yeah, it's pretty good here. We've just had some laws changed so you can fly in national parks, um, whereas before you couldn't. Um, and as long as you're, um, you've got to have your drone registered, obviously, um, with CASA, and then um, you know know all the the standard rules like you can't go more than 120 meters, you know, five kilometers of an airport, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, in terms of flying, you just can't fly over people. And um, I mean, if you're in a national park, you're you're technically meant to let the, the local um, shy office or someone knows so you meant to just check you know make sure they're not doing anything um or have anything planned in the airspace that you're flying in on that day um but they can't tell you that you can't basically um unless they have a, a valid reason um so yeah we're pretty lucky um and then if you're flying commercially obviously you need to have a commercial license so i have a commercial license um it's just you do it online um and um yeah then then i can sell images or they can you know be used for profit and stuff so um yeah we're, we're pretty lucky here i know some other places um in the world are much more strict so yeah grateful for that yeah i mean canada in particular i know they're they're pretty strict on sort of drone regulations at the minute and i know for pretty much any flight you have to have a commercial license yeah right see i didn't know that but then again i'm not going to canada anytime soon so <laughs> So obviously you said you've got your commercial license. Have you um, sort of had any clients come to you and ask for specific drone shots that you've then sort of 
produced for them or is it more a case of you just got that commercial license so you're able to to sell your pictures I kind of just got it so I could sell my pictures um but also because I work in tourism as I mentioned before and my um my company we we usually um outsource um imagery and we usually um you know pay photographers to go but I really want to do more of that and I wanted to um you know get out in the region and and shoot stuff and then um be able to use my images for the work that we do which is promoting you know beautiful destinations so um yeah that's kind of the main driver of why I got that but also because I've started to sell prints and um, want to just be able to do that going do more of that going forward I haven't really had anyone reach out to me yet I'm not um, I don't think I'm quite that um, quite there yet but uh, hopefully hopefully one day I, um, I, I do have a website it's just a blog at this point um, but I'm hoping to kind of convert that into um, you know like a print shop where people could um, could buy prints if they wanted to um, yeah I don't know if there's a market for it but for my shots I mean but I'm, I'm, we'll see. So is sort of next for you then is it you sort of want to continue sort of working where you are now and and developing your photo for that specific area or are you sort of wanting to go more you know freelance photographer and go sort of full-time into that yeah, I think kind of for me, it's kind of a mix. Um, I'm I'm staying on with my role. I work full time um, in marketing, so um, I I'm staying on in that role. But at the same time, I get to go out and explore, and I live in a beautiful part where I can do that. Um, and luckily, I'm very um, I'm very lucky that work and sort of the freelancing, my photography passion and photography business is is separate, so I can um, sort of do both, um, which is really really cool because um you know sometimes it might be a conflict or something but it's tourism and um you know the photos are mine and the skills are mine then I'm luckily luckily I can I can sort of dabble um in both I I would really like to eventually be I want I had this like vision that I would be a nomad one day and just sort of like I'm a bit of an adventurer I do have writing and um you know that kind of blogging experience um so it would be nice if somebody wanted to pay me to travel full time in which case then yes I would love to um just be freelancing um with photography and um but look I know it's not as easy um to make a living off that <laughs> us creators struggle a little bit um but yeah maybe maybe one day that might be on the cards for me we'll see yeah I mean it's it's good to have aspirations and obviously I think that's one thing that Instagram is great for is obviously you can see what other people are doing and, and have that to sort of aim for and I think having that constant um sort of encouragement almost is is really great and obviously you're you're then always trying to better yourself and self-development is is great and you know everybody at every level I think is is always developing and you know even the most professional drone photographers will always say that they're always sort of bettering their skills and always learning more and especially if you're sort of networking with other people you know that's always going to sort of increase Um, just sort of finishing up then um, is there any sort of tips that you could offer for people that are just sort of starting out anything that you've sort of picked up over your time flying drones yeah I think um, one big thing that I would say is just don't be scared you know like I, I feel like when I started I was so nervous and look it's hard not to be you know like it's an expensive piece of machinery and you you know but it's just you know it just comes with flying well that confidence comes with flying again and again and the more flying you do um and yeah for me just being able to 
keep going out there and keep having a go and flying more um, is what's made me feel so much more confident. Um, but also obviously going on the drone workshop for me being someone who had dabbled a little bit in drone photography, but wasn't so confident on the actual, you know, remote flying, um, then I think that was so beneficial because I had some people who did know what they were doing. Um, and actually, funnily enough, while I was on that um, workshop, my drone controller disconnected from the, um, well, so the app, you know, how you plug your phone into the remote, the app disconnected. So I couldn't see the screen, like what the drone was seeing. And I'd also sort of lost sight of the drone, which was, and we were over a beach. Like it was, it, the drone was so far away. It was so stressful. It was one of the most stressful moments I've ever had. And I, but I had people around me and I was like, if I was alone, I, I honestly don't know what I would have done. Um, and I learned that on the, on the actual drone controller, you can still see, obviously, you know, like your distance and your height and stuff and then so you just sort of play around with the controls to um until those numbers start to drop because then you know it's coming closer or coming down and um you know that's such a little thing and it's such a basic thing but in those moments of panic it's not something that you think of so um i for me that really like changed my whole you know i was like oh, okay there is a way to get it back and there there is something i can do and and just being able to sort of be calm in those moments because yeah my heart was beating so fast when I finally got the drone back so um yeah I think having you know support people around you if you're not that confident you've got someone with you who also sort of knows or is learning as well and you can bounce those ideas off like we said um I think that's the biggest thing because it's just made me feel so much like more confident at flying um and then just taking your time, you know, like it depends what drone you've got. Obviously, I've got um, the Mavic 2 Pro has, um, you know, like a 30 minute, just on, you know, not 30 minutes, but maximum 30 minute um, time on the battery. So um, you've got time, you know, to play with it. And it's like not a mad rush of a oh, quick, I've got a, you, you can actually just, you know, let it hover in the air and find your composition and have a bit of a play and familiarize yourself with the controls and everything. I think that's something that you forget because you, well, I used to, um, think I had to panic and quickly, <laughs> quickly get the shots and then get the drone down. But um, no, I had time. Um, and then uh, the last thing I would say is definitely have that battery, low battery warning on 30% so that um, you're not, yeah, cutting yourself too fine when it comes to the low battery warning, because <laughs> that can be equally as stressful. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously with DJI stuff, you have that intelligent battery in the sense that if it's running low, it will start, it will, you know, as you say, it will remind you and it will sort of start to come back. And I think with with sort of slightly cheaper drones um, and obviously definitely with FPV stuff, if the battery dies, the battery's dead. So I think sort of getting used to knowing sort of roughly how long your battery lasts for and getting familiar with the controls as well, I would always say, you know, don't don't go out to shoot a sunset never having flown your drone before you know fly in your garden get used to the controls get used to the camera before you just go out and shoot because if you go out and shoot and you come back and you've not been able to capture that shot because you didn't familiarize yourself with it you'll think oh this drone's you know it's crap i don't want it and and then you know it'll be a hobby that you don't you don't enjoy but you know just spending that time or even just watching youtube videos as, as you've sort of said it you know it it, it all helps
Yeah, for sure. I, um, I, my first flight was like in a, you know, empty oval so that nothing could go wrong sort of thing. So yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, I forgot that I get, um, I get used to the intelligent flight battery, but not everybody has that. So yeah, definitely just knowing your battery and knowing your, you know, knowing your drone, you know, familiarizing yourself with it, like you said, is, um, is probably key. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your evening to chat with us. Oh, you're um, welcome. Do you want to just remind everybody how they can find you on sort of Instagram and your website and that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. My um, my Instagram is um, Annabelle Claire um, and it's got an underscore on either side um, and it's spelt A-N-N-A-B-E-L and then C-L-A-I-R-E. Um, but if you type in Chasing Waterfalls into your little search bar, um, then I should come up because um, that's that's my main thing. Um, and then I have a blog, which is annabelle-claire.com, um, and it has all these waterfall guides um, to the places that I visited. So how to find some of the waterfalls I've seen, um, tips and tricks along the way. Um, some of my photography is on there as well, but hopefully it's getting a revamp soon. Um, and yeah, I'm always happy to chat and um, really love to connect with people. So feel free to DM me and have a chat. I, um, I love that. I love meeting people through insta that's been such a highlight for me in terms of photography and the community yeah cool well as i say thank you very much for for being with us today um, and thanks for coming on the podcast um and i hope everything in the future goes all well for you thank you so much thanks for having me it's been um a real yeah really nice to to be asked and yeah um nice to meet you as well yes you too